So welcome everybody to the Inside Journey podcast. Uh, Kim and I are so excited to be doing another teachable on a subject that we find near and dear to our hearts, feedback. Um, We had such an interesting conversation last podcast with Erica Gregory, who is an incredible facilitator and consultant. She was also a Juilliard trained actress and had to come up close and personal to feedback for years and years as an actress and also teaches it and uses it in her daily life. And we really went deep with the ins and outs of feedback and what it means in life. And Kim and I really wanted to do a teachable today to give you some tips and strategies so that you can really bring feedback into your life in concrete ways so that people will hear what you're saying, receive the information and make changes. And we're also going to talk about all the things that get in the way of us giving feedback. And then we also wanted to talk about what do you do when someone gives you feedback? How do you respond? How do you take it in? So today is going to be just the nuts and bolts of how to do feedback better than you've been doing it. That's right. And so much of our own experience working in the corporate world for more than 15 years, plus all of the research out there really proves that the best performers in business, in sports, in any industry will attribute feedback as one of the most important things that help them get to where they are, help them achieve success. And what we find so interesting is that with all the people that we work with, most people shy away from giving it and from receiving it. And so if we know that like the top leaders and athletes grow tremendously from feedback, we also have to think about us as leaders in our ability to give feedback. The more and more comfortable we get with giving direct feedback to people and having those conversations, the more we grow as leaders, both professionally and personally. I mean, this isn't just for the workplace. This is in your relationships. This is in your home life. This is as a parent. So it's, it's a big thing to think about. It's a big topic and it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of skill because feedback, you know, it's interesting too, that people often associate feedback with conflict, Yes, but they're really very different, but they often become very similar experiences because people don't have the courage or they don't really know how to give feedback effectively and to have those conversations. Yeah, Kim, but remember what Erica said in the last session, instead of conflict, she called it productive conflict. And I was like blown away by that. I hadn't heard it before, but it's a productive conflict. Absolutely, Uh, for sure. It, It should be a very productive conversation. And when it goes well, I think people end up walking away feeling like, wow, this person really cares enough about me to take the time and have the courage to give me that message that may not be easy, but it may, it opened my eyes to something that I wasn't aware of. That's only going to make me better at whatever it is I'm working on. So it can be the best way to actually improve a relationship, build trust, you know, show that you care, but it's not always, you know, people don't always see it that way. We love to start when we talk about feedback with a very interesting Gallup poll that was done a few years ago that found that people would rather receive negative feedback, constructive negative feedback, rather than no feedback at all. It's so fascinating. People crave it and they crave not just the positive feedback or the praise, but the constructive feedback. And yet... Most people shy away from giving it. In fact, we found another study that showed that 50% of all of the managers at one company don't give feedback for fear of being, quote unquote, the bad guy. 
Oh, yeah. Let's talk about what gets in the way of feedback, because it's like one of those things, you know, eat your lima beans every day, but no one does it because it's like, oh, they don't taste so good, but we know they're good for our health. It's kind of like that with feedback because it's conflict. But let me just tell you one thing right now. Your inner critic and fear is probably not very happy you're listening to this podcast right now because it's going to try and talk you out of giving direct feedback to people because of a number of reasons. It's a little dangerous. It feels conflictual. When Kim and yeah. I work with groups, right? Let's just let's just share some of the things we always use do this big brainstorm. Just everybody throw out all the ways your fear talks you out of having that conversation. I'll share some and Kim, you add in. If I have this conversation, they're gonna think I'm a bitch or that I'm mean. Number one, I'm gonna hurt their feelings. You know what? It's not that big of a deal. Maybe I should just let it go. Am I making this a bigger deal? I'm not going to really have a direct conversation about it. Who am I to give the feedback? It's not my place, right? I'm not their boss. Yes. I don't, I'm not the expert on this subject matter. So who am I to give feedback? It's not my role. Oh, I think building like? on the first one you said, yeah. it's uh, not only do I worry about how they'll perceive me, but I, th- I worry that it will hurt the relationship. Absolutely. Or what about this one? You know what? They're so set in their ways. Nothing I'm going to say is going to make a change. Forget it. I'm not going to yep. do it. Yep. They're, they'll overreact. They're going to have a really strong reaction. You know, they're going to get really upset. That's another one that, that keeps us. So there's so many narratives that, you know, keep us, like you said, keep us safe and keep us small and hold us back from actually having the conversation. Yes. Let's talk about the cost or toll of getting talked out of it though. So we have the truth come up in us. You know, this person, um, I'm really seeing a pattern that's getting in their way or it's getting in the way of our relationship. Ah, oh, the fear comes in, talks me out of it. I'm not going to do it. Let's just talk about the cost or toll over time of not expressing your truth. I think Ugh. that it builds a lot of blockages and corrosion in between the relationship lines. I think yes. it makes you feel like I don't even like this person anymore. I think I don't need them in my life. When if you had just had a clear and kind conversation, when it was not a big, huge deal, but it was starting to become a big deal, you probably could have cleared it and saved the relationship, right? I also know that another cost or toll of not giving feedback is the person continues to do that behavior. Right. So if you work with them or you're in a relationship with them, they're not aware that they're doing it. They're not aware that they could be doing it better or different. So they just keep doing it. So you're just perpetuating the situation. Like they miss out on an opportunity to grow, right? And the other thing is that it is a waste of mental space. I don't know about you, Kim, but if I haven't expressed a truth that's really centered and loving and real, and I and I hold back because my fear tells me to, I will be driving all day long and having the, the mental tape spinning. This person does this and this and this. I'll call a friend and yeah. and 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 talk about that person. I'm not proud to say that, but it's all these really unhealthy outlets start to happen, mental spinning and looping and, and, and backstabbing or not talking well about someone because you just haven't had the courage to have the conversation. Yeah. So it builds resentment towards the other person and you start to build a little resentment towards yourself too, you know, for, for not actually just having a discussion with them. So it's, there's so much of a cost or a toll to you personally, to the relationship, to that person's performance when you hold back. Yep. So Kim, what do you do if you have that huge all or nothing um, voice trying to talk you out of giving feedback? What's a strategy that's been been positive for you to use? 
Well, the first step is to recognize that's not really true. That's just my fear talking. And, you know, we love to use the Byron Katie. We've talked about her before. Uh, Byron Katie reframe uh, exercise, which is essentially to take that belief and reverse it to its exact opposite. So if I have a belief that this is going to hurt the relationship, if I give this person feedback, the opposite of that is actually it will strengthen the relationship. What are a couple, and then I'll ask myself, right? What are, or a client, what are three examples of, or, you know, proof points that actually, if I give this person feedback, it will help the relationship. Joe, can you give a few examples as to why giving feedback would actually help a relationship? Yeah. You know, I think about one of the scariest times I ever had to give feedback was to my lovely therapist. I mean, wise and experienced and, and really good. And she did a couple things that really didn't feel right to me in a couple of our sessions. And I, Kim, I, I mean, I just said, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to leave the relationship. I don't need a therapist anymore. You name it. I was talking myself out of it, but I used all these strategies. I said, actually it could strengthen the relationship. So I shared it with her and I did it using our framework. We're going to teach you. And she was so grateful. She apologized. She understood. She kept saying, thank you, Johanna. Thank you for sharing this with me. And I said, you know what? Thank you for receiving it. I can't wait to continue to do our sessions together. So it was a complete game changer for our relationship in therapy. What a powerful proof point that actually giving somebody feedback enhances the relationship. I know for me personally, one of the best bosses I ever worked for at Gap a million years ago was tough, um, but I felt like she had my back and I felt like she cared so much about my career growth because she took a lot of time to give me a lot of feedback Mm -hmm. and it wasn't always pretty. Often it was constructive, you know, suggestions for how I can improve or conversations about why I did something the way I did it. But I always walked away from those conversations feeling clear on what I needed to do to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I felt cared for, like, wow, she's amazing. Yeah, you still hold her very dearly in your heart. You've talked about her so many times in our relationship. Like, that didn't destroy your relationship. It actually made you revere and respect her so much more. And you're probably who you are from a lot of those conversations you had with her. 100%. Amazing. So you guys, just remember... No matter what, when you're about to have a feedback conversation, I guarantee you, your fear is going to try and talk you out of it. Remember this conversation we're having on this podcast, pause and question and do the turnarounds and recognize that it could actually unfold in a better way than your fear tells you. So that's always the first step when we're working with clients on how to create more of a feedback culture or how can managers just become more effective at giving their teams feedback. The first step is to identify what is that story in my head that's getting in my way and do the reframe like we just demonstrated. But then we want to get into some really practical tips because there definitely are some do's and don'ts when it comes to giving feedback in a way that uh, promotes healthy you know, dialogue. So a couple of examples that we'll often hear. So here, here's an example of a, a positive piece of feedback. You know, if someone says to you, you were amazing in that meeting, or you just, you seem so confident, that's very flattering but that's not valuable. Why is it not valuable, Joe? Well, uh, it feels really good, but I have absolutely no understanding of why I was amazing or why I seem confident. It's not like I can pinpoint it and then replicate it or grow it. It's just very vague. So, so Kim, what would be a better example of you're so amazing? Tell me, tell me specifically, Kim, how am I amazing? (laughs) (laughs) 
So I would say, and I noticed in that meeting, you asked some really insightful questions and it got the person to open up. It showed that you were curious about them. You demonstrated that you were really listening by repeating back to them what you were hearing. And so for all of that, it just made me think that you were very engaged and very confident in that conversation. Wow. That is so much more helpful than you were amazing. I, it was the questions I was asking that really opened up the client. I'm going to, I'm going to keep on doing that. That's right. So there's a framework that we love to use that will help you to give anyone any kind of feedback. It keeps it objective. It keeps you focused on, you know, your experience with that person. So you're not blaming them or pointing fingers at them. And it it really encourages you to be specific. And it's called the AID framework. AID, A-I-D, using the AID framework will aid you in giving feedback. Obviously, before you get even into this, you want to invite the conversation. Hey, can we chat for a few minutes? I'd love to you know, discuss some feedback on that meeting or on your performance. So you obviously want to frame the conversation. But when you get into actually giving somebody feedback, the AID framework is a very effective tool to use. So the A stands for action. What is the action or behavior that the person was doing or not doing? So it could sound something like, hey, I noticed in that meeting you stayed quiet you didn't speak up. That was the action. And that's not debatable. It's a fact. It's an irrefutable fact that this person stayed quiet in the meeting. It's not going to make them defensive because it it was a fact. And then the I stands for the impact of that. What was the impact of them staying quiet? So then I could ask them, what do you think the impact was? Or I could tell them, you know, when you stayed quiet in that meeting and you didn't say a word, the impact was you seemed really disengaged and you didn't seem very comfortable or confident. So that's the impact. And then it might be a discussion why they stayed quiet. And and then you want to get into the D, which is the do. So what can they do differently next time to get a better or different outcome? So maybe, maybe they said that they were shy. And so we could, you know, next time what we could do is we could carve out a talking role for you so that you're clear on when to speak up and we can even practice. So you're clear on how to speak up more confidently and effectively. You know what I love about the aid that Kim just described too, is you can really prepare with it. You can write it down beforehand, not to say you're going to bring the script into the room, but I am telling you with these kinds of conversations, it goes miles to be able to write it out before you speak it, to get clear what is the action that they're doing that's really working or not working? What's the impact and what's the do moving forward? And like Kim said, it doesn't have to be this one-way dialogue. You can open it up to questions and dialogue in between, but- Clear is kind. Be specific. Do not rip the bandaid, as Kim says. She's taught me that. Rip the bandaid. You don't have to sugarcoat. I really think people appreciate it more when you're direct. Definitely. I would agree. Whether and and by the way, you can use the aid framework, whether it's constructive feedback or positive feedback, right? Again, be specific. What was the action or behavior? What was the impact or the impression? that that behavior left you and people around you and what can they do more of, you know, or do differently to get an even better outcome. And you're absolutely right. When we get into feedback, it's a dialogue, not a monologue. So you definitely don't want to talk at people. It's great to ask questions. It's important to pause, to give them time to absorb what you've said and respond. And like Johanna said, you know, I think it's Brene Brown that says clear is kind. So don't, don't sugarcoat it. Don't undersell it. Like, oh, it's, you know, sometimes people will say it's not that big of a deal, but I kind of notice sometimes you do this thing. Just be clear and specific. 
Exactly. And I think so many people just want to avoid it and just say, you know what, it's just going to go away. I don't need to say anything. But just remember, if you don't address it proactively, it might go away, but the residual cost or toll will be with you. You'll still be unresolved and that person will miss out on the gift that you could give them. So it's, it's really powerful. And I was also going to add that um, often I'll tell people when you're, if, if you're, if you're nervous or uneasy about this conversation, but you, you also want to ask yourself, why am I having this conversation? Am I doing it because I'm mad at them? I want to throw them under the bus. I want to point fingers and make them feel like, you know, feel badly about it. Or am I doing it because this is an important piece of feedback that will make them more aware and ultimately will make them more effective. If that's your intention, have the conversation and state up front why you are having this conversation. You know, you can say, this is not easy for me because I value our relationship and I am concerned that you're going to take it the wrong way. But I believe that feedback is one of the best ways to learn and grow and become more self-aware. And so because of that, I want to give you some feedback that I think will make you more effective. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It and and if feedback, it's like in our last podcast, we were saying a lot of times if the relationship is strong and the trust is there, that's a real green light for feedback. But it's also okay to give feedback to someone you don't know well if you know you're centered and it's gonna take the relationship to a better place. So yes. we've been talking a lot about how to give feedback, what gets in our way. But there's a whole nother side to this, and it's being on the receiving end of feedback, which is a whole nother dynamic, right? So someone gets the courage to give you feedback. How do you respond? And there's a couple different things that Kim and I wanted to share with you that you can practice that will just um, make your relationship with receiving feedback better. So someone talks to you. The very first thing you can do is just listen. Don't interrupt. Listen. Take it in. Do not already be thinking about your rebuttal or what you're, why, why it's not true. Just receive. Pause. I think it's really nice just to say, hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to, to say that to me and to organize it well. Thank you. Even if you're exploding inside, <laughs> you know, like, whoa, this yeah. is hard. Say thank you. It probably wasn't easy to do that. And then this is what I always forget you don't need to respond right away. You can ask for time. You can say, you know what? I really need some time to think about that and digest it. Let me do that. And I'm going to get back to you. You don't have to do everything that person is saying you should do. You can take it in, digest it and say, okay, that worked well for me. I'm going to take that piece in. That didn't really resonate for me. I'm going to let that one go. And if you want to get back to them and say, this is what I'm going to do moving forward. Great. But just realize that you deserve a little bit of space and time to digest it. It's not easy to get feedback if it's constructive. So give yourself a break. I can think of two instances, one personal and one professional, uh, receiving feedback. Years ago, when I was a first-time manager, I that we did like a 360 and I got a bunch of feedback. And I'd say 95% of it was very positive. But I dismissed all the positive and I honed in on one negative or constructive piece of feedback. And it was amazing how it made me emotional. I was angry. I was just focused on who is the person that said this. That's all I could, that's all I could think about. I felt very defensive and that was all immediate. Right. And then of course I did, but I didn't do anything. I just was like, I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Next morning I woke up and I thought about it and I thought, you know, 
part of why it hurts is because there's some truth in this. And I think I know who said it. It doesn't matter. But if it is who I think said it, this person actually, we have a, an amazing relationship and I know he thinks the world of me and he's probably making me, you know, do, giving me this feedback to make me more aware of something that I could do better. So I think it's so true to just pause and thank the person if it's a, if it's a direct conversation, but but resist the temptation to respond, like you're saying, because we get so much more clarity when we've had a little time to reflect on it. And a couple of good questions to ask yourself when you are reflecting on it is, you know, what could be true about this? You know, like, how, how is this true? Because that, and before you take it to heart, you have to ask yourself, do I, you know, is there some truth in this? And maybe you have a friend or a mentor who you bounce that off of if it's something that you don't totally see for yourself. But often we do know deep inside, you know, is there some truth to this? And, you know, the other thing Erica really talked about is, is this feedback, um, is it important to me? Is it aligned with my goals and the things that I'm working on? Or is it something that really has nothing to do with who I am as a person or what I value? Because again, sometimes, you know, some people are too quick to take it to heart and they have to, you know, be real discerning objectively about, is this valuable? And should I, should I take this in? Exactly. I remember on a trip really quickly, uh, we were on a trip with my mother and my sons weren't feeling well. So we were walking ahead of my mom and I had my arm around one of my sons and Kurt was with our other son. And, um, she expressed later in the day, she felt very left out and I wanted to just rip her face off. I'm like, are you kidding me? This, my sons were sick. They weren't feeling well. And I wanted to go into defense mode and I took a deep breath. And first of all, I said, mom, thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm really sorry you felt that way. It was not my intention at all. Not my intention at all. And, um, moving forward, I'll be a little bit more aware of that. But then I asked her some questions. It was this really about us and our boys. Do you feel that way sometimes in other ways? Like the more questions you can ask someone, if it's not really landing on you, like I wasn't intentionally leaving my mom out. Why was she thinking this? You can get curious about the person and and their filter. And a lot of times those conversations bring you closer together. That's what happened with my mom and I in that instance. So oh, there's so many layers. There's so many layers. And I, I, as I think about the companies we work with and the situations where we've worked with leaders who uh, don't have a great relationship um, and have problems with one another and have to have these conversations, I think it's, it's so easy to blame the other person, to think the other person is out to get them. And when we really stay open and we stay curious, not critical of ourselves or them, but curious, and we try to remember that we're that at the end of the day, we probably all want the same things, which is more connection and, and a better relationship. Then, you know, then we can come at the conversation from a place of critical, meaning significant, important, powerful, not critical from a place of blame or judgment. I love that so much. So we invite you to think right now, as you're listening to this podcast, who do you need to have a direct conversation with? Where have you been feeling a truth with someone and you've been talking yourself out of just sitting down with them and having the conversation? Professionally, how do you think feedback could really up your game as a leader, receiving and giving it more? And write it out. Take a risk. Go for it. See what happens. 
and then let us know. We can't wait to hear if this makes an impact in your life. <laughs>